नमस्ते देर इज एन इंटरेस्टिंग मूवमेंट गोइंग ऑन सेवरल इंटरेस्टिंग मूवमेंट्स आर गोइंग ऑन बिकॉज इट्स अ टाइम ऑफ द ग्रेट चर्निंग बाई ग्रेट चर्निंग आई मीन वेन ओल्ड एंड न्यू आइडियाज आर ब्रॉड टूगेदर स्टडेड पुट इन टू अ मिक्सर ग्राइंडर ऑफ द डिवाइन ऑफ द ह्यूमन माइंड सो दैट समथिंग न्यू मे इमर्ज एंड दिस हैपन्स वैन certain fixed ways of life they begin to lose their significance largely because the spirit in them have escaped and the form or the outer shell has been corrupted this what happens so it applies to political systems it applies to religions it applies to ideologies the spirit that gave birth escapes because human beings being what they are in their application they bring in their own limitations their own consciousness their own selfishness and therefore the result is what we see today a chaos uh, based on the very things which are meant to give order and make human life beautiful there is nothing which is uh, more striking today as an example than religions so religions were meant to not only give hope but to help man lead a life which is uh, beautiful to help his aspiration support his upward aspiration in some way give him a glimpse of the beyond that's what religions were meant to do uh, almost all religions also give a law a way of life which man must live to make his own individual existence and the collective ex- existence better but it's been more and more being recognized not only uh by rationalistic uh, thought but even otherwise that religions are beginning to lose the purpose for which they came into existence not only that sorry they are becoming a cause or a source of evil that's what is the strange part and so there is a churning going on a thought is going on where people are trying to find a way out one such way is interfaith dialogues let's try and have an understanding of religions this is deeply flawed and it's flawed for several reasons one in every religion i am taking the best case scenario where people are genuine they really want an interfaith dialogue to help understand i am speaking of that but what happens in the interfaith dialogues who are the people who go those who somewhere have a kind of wideness in the best case scenario who do understand that yes uh, my religion is not the only one who have who understand that there are different approaches to the divine and frankly if a human being understands it or if religions understand it then there is no need of an interfaith dialogue so it's a paradox why do we have interfaith dialogues it is because we believe either my religion is superior or worse still my religion is exclusive the only one and still worse where all other religions have to be either exterminated or converted in some way or they have to be challenged and opposed so if such be the mindset then you know interfaith dialogues to try to understand but the problem of this interfaith dialogue is first of all the people who come there are already those who have some kind of wideness and secondly they are not the representatives of the community 
an average Muslim or an average Hindu or an average Christian, even if there is a kind of wideness in some of them. But the people who go and speak there do not represent the thinking of the masses who hold on to a religion. And certainly not to the organized, labeled, you know, in every religion, some of the religions, not every religion. Uh, again and again I say, Hinduism has sort of escaped this. Because there is no one organized uh, institution. There are several institutions. You have Sri Ramakrishna Ashram, you have Sri Aurobindo Ashram, you have Vedanta Ashram, uh, you have Tantra Sadhana Pitam, And that is because each is their own path and they have their own institution. Uh, but in strictly organized religions, which are institutionalized, the problem starts. Why? Because they have their own official representatives. And these official representatives do not come to interfaith dialogues or if they come, the whole idea is to convert others to their own hardcore belief. It's like to a group of people you are trying to prove a point and these people go back, yes, yes, this is the highest. So it's flawed because human intent is flawed. So what can be done? Is there an alternative? Yes, the alternative is that man has to go beyond religion. Religion is like a finger. It's a finger pointing toward the beyond. That there is something or someone, a power, a being, a consciousness. And through the religious approaches where the heart worships that. But there is a difference between worshipping and becoming, contacting, knowing and living. So religions stop with worship. And then worship tends to become mechanical over a period of time. Any kind of worship. Not that worship is bad. Worship is alright as a beginner. You start worshipping. But slowly over a period of time, it becomes a mechanical act. And slowly it becomes a, an act which is enforced upon others. So worship as an act becomes more important than its essence. The essence of worship is to accept, acknowledge with humility that there is a higher deity, a higher being, a higher consciousness, impersonal, personal, superpersonal is a different thing. And in some way man submits to that. But after some time the acts which are supposed to indicate worship, it may be kneeling down on the floor, it may be you know, uh, doing bowing down in whatever way, different ways human being, that act becomes much more important. The actual spirit of submission goes away. And when that happens, and that too, when it is enforced by a common code, and through the, you know, Pope or the Pandit or the Mullah or the Kazi or whoever, I mean, in every religion there are. Now we see Sikh religion is also entered into that category, unfortunately. Then religion has completely lost its truth. It has become an empty shell. And this empty shell becomes very dangerous because it has been the seat of power. And that gets occupied by all kinds of ambitious political elements which use it to tyrannize others. So we have to understand that every person who says I am a Hindu is not necessarily a Hindu. Every person who says he is a Muslim or is a Muslim by birth is not necessarily a Muslim. Most are not. Most are just regular human beings who are conforming to a faith and if they belong to the masses, they are driven by the law of the masses. They are taught, it's indoctrinated. There is the big man in that particular group, let us say X group, and the head of that X group, the head priest, if he says something, 
they unquestioningly follow. So the problem of organized religion is that you are not allowed to question. And I, I can point out, see, uh, Hinduism again escaped it because we are allowed to question. We can question. Hindus are allowed to question. And they can even discard whatever the pandit or whoever is saying. As a seven-year-old, I used to question. And it was acceptable norm. It was not like, why are you questioning? One day the pandit had got annoyed that why is he questioning so much? But he couldn't issue a diktat on me because it's part of Hindu culture. Uh, Gargi, women questions, uh, Yagnavalk, Maitre questions. We used to have those sabhas where people question. And this questioning was inspired by the spirit of seeking. What it meant was that your diktat is not enough. You must give me the rational. The rational is not necessarily the human rational limited to the senses. There are supra-sensible rationals. For instance, I must submit to the will of God. How do I recognize the will of God? Is it in a book? Once forever? Or is that will manifesting in me? Because will cannot be something rigid. God's, God doesn't act like a rigid will once he has told and it's for all times. That will itself, as human beings evolve, it's like what is applicable to a child of 5, cannot be applicable to a boy of 15, cannot be applicable to a man of 25, cannot be applicable to one who is 45 and certainly changes when one is 65. So, because Hinduism recognized this kind of aspects, it, even though it tried to formalize that as different kinds of dharma, but still it recognized ultimately that the will of God is within you and you have to contact it and live by that. So, Will of God, submitting to the will of God is something so beautiful. It is the highest truth. But see what happens in a religion. There is a man who embodies the will of God, who based on the scripture, reading of the scripture, he said, this is what the will is. This is what God is saying. Understood, misunderstood and the masses follow. If you don't follow, you become a heretic. You can be killed, you can be expuned. So all this has happened in religion and I don't need to elaborate. And this is dangerous. And by no means I am suggesting that in their origin they, they must have been very great. Each religion must have been great in its own context, time, place, people. The founder must have been great. But over a period of time it begins to lose its power because the spiritual impulse which fired it like a live breath. It's like when a person is dead but not dead because he is on artificial respiration or ventilator. So most religions nowadays are on ventilators and they are struggling how to come out of that impasse is the only way is that or the real valid way is that religion must recognize that what gave birth to them is a spiritual impulse and discover that spiritual impulse meaning thereby go beyond religions go beyond mere worship to knowing go beyond knowing to living go beyond living to becoming Go beyond becoming to becoming one with the being. That's how we have in India the yoga and the spiritual life preserved. And if a religion is unable to do it for whatever reasons, either because its mind is stuck in a certain groove, because it is living in the past rather than looking to the future, or even the present in the heart within, then it is foredoomed to failure. And that's what we see happening today. That's what the mother meant when she said the age of religions is over. So instead of ventilating religions or putting them on artificial ventilatory systems, it is much better if within religions there are individuals 
who can grow into the spiritual consciousness and then they can point out within the religion this is what it means but that is only possible if the yoga is kept intact if the yoga is lost then it's near impossible to recover it and people who recover the yoga for by some means they could be in any religion then they don't care they know that it is a empty shell they don't bother about it so this is the situation as of today and if you put it in perspective i would say that as shubhendra said religion philosophy occultism and spiritual experiences they have been only uh, through a door or a window they are giving a glimpse of what is beyond but they don't have the key to open that door that key is with spirituality that key is with yoga that key is with man's aspiration so instead of trying to revive these religions bringing them together saying inanity is basically that you know this is this is same and everything is same instead of saying all that let us recognize realize what is that one of which they are saying radhin saying even when we say ishwar allah tero naam well he has thousand names why only two names three names million names and he is beyond all names to the nameless so the only way religions can survive if at all they will is by reviving the yoga catching hold of the occult spiritual impulse if at all it is still there throw away the tyrant that are sitting on the thrones of religions and occupying it and in the name of religion doing what they are doing who will bring that change it has to come from within the group nobody else can do it if a group has to change the voice must be from within the group and if people cannot they are not ready they are not courageous they are not uh, seekers because seeking is stifled very often religion stifles the seeking because it makes you live in a illusion that all the answers are there in a particular book no book no book bible gita quran ramayan mahabharat any book no book alone can have all the answers that's why one of the beautiful things i find about the gita at least it says go beyond the shabda brahma go beyond the scripture and even one of the upanishad says it says the three vedas rigveda yajurveda and sam it is the object of the lower knowledge it's so surprising when i had read it i was you know mundak upanishad and says because why because scriptural reading it's not saying that veda is something but the experience is the real thing but reading a scripture and believing that you know so that's why as i said and i say again and again within hinduism there is enough corrective impulse because always it believes that the realized person is above the priest or the you know the temple manager or the <laughs> institution uh, whatever it be it's the realized person who is more important most much more important so religions must enter into that phase and if they don't the spirit of time is going to finish it off throw it by the wayside as has happened to several religions in the past some of whom we remember their names there was the nordic religion there was religion in the desert of arabia before islam came they were the druids not that all of them were bad or good there were the egyptian religion where they followed 
all these uh, gods, Anubis and Isis and very interesting names, uh, Horus, Ra, even in India, religion had taken a form of doing that yagna with the fire ritual and all that, Sandhya Vandan, all those forms have gone. But in India, the spirit kept alive, so it took that new form. But otherwise, several religions in the past, these are some of the ones we know, we don't know many others, what it must have been. It was a gift of God, so that man can open a window glimpse into the infinite. But when its time was over, it's gone. So we must understand, all religions come with an expiry date. What does not have an expiry date is the spiritual impulse and the spiritual realization. So all that I can say is that either graduate or postgraduate out of religion into the spiritual or else know that the spirit of time is going to slay and it will pass away. It will find its own ways and mechanisms to do it because nature and God are far more powerful than men and the institutions they build around thoughts that are dead. They worship the corpse and they deny the ever-living realities. Thank you.